our friend in the corner there, Kevy. No. Yes, Kevy Mental. Hello, my friend. How are you? It's been a year. Yeah, I took a year off from this podcast. I'm sorry. Sorry to, you know, betray and reject and abandon you. It's just that comedy here often, it's taken a lot of my time, that podcast, and I realized from stepping away from this one that I miss it. I like doing Barely About Music, you know? It has nothing to do with any other thing I do. I just like to do it. Uh, hence today's episode. This is a very old interview that I did with Insane Clown Posse, and I thought that I lost the audio. But I found it because I'm throwing a bunch of my stuff out because Marie Kondo. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Marie Kondoing my life. And sometimes when you're throwing things out, you find something that you didn't know you still had, like an old, rare, insane clown posse interview where you're ner- listening, dude, listen to how fucking nervous I am at the beginning. I'm like making weird jokes. And my voice is all high pitched. That's how I dealt with that. But they've, they're really cool. Um, I have received Christmas cards from them in the past. I did recently watch the shockumentary and I did recently get two insane clown posse t-shirts i really liked them when i was younger like it's funny because i had snobby like taste in music but then i also liked stuff like that was fun you know like i i really liked uh and i still i've seen them like six times their shows are so fun everyone's really friendly and positive there's no snobbiness. I think that's why I like it. There's no, nothing snobby about juggalos or juggalo culture. In fact, I think most people who are really into it, that's the what's appealing is that they can go there and be comfortable and make new friends. I love it. I really do love the culture. Um, just got back to Vancouver from LA. Caught a little COVID out there. That was great. Um, you feel like a disgusting freak, by the way, when you get it. Like th- that's the worst symptom, I'd say. Like, sure, I couldn't taste anything for a few weeks or smell anything, um, but I will say that the stigma surrounding it is the worst symptom. Um, but I'm back, happy to be back, um, getting on with the projects. New fake shark record in the in the works, and I'm excited to get together with those guys again and with my comedy team anyway without further fucking ado uh my friends violent j and shaggy too dope hello hi is this kevin this is kevin hi how are you this is andy how you doing andy great great thanks how are you doing i'm doing great cool i've got violent j right here all right so here he is okay okay thanks no problem Hey. Hey, Violent J, how you doing, man? Good, how you doing? Good, man. Were you guys just shooting something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're shooting a new infomercial. An infomercial? Uh, yeah, for, for our uh, our releases for for for, for uh, autumn. Oh, yeah. Is it for uh, for your new film that's out, or is it like new new music? Well, it's just covering all the releases that we have coming out in the next couple months, and uh, the tour is going out in the next couple months. Oh, cool, man. Who are you going on the tour with? 
Well, we're going out on tour. Uh, Twisted's going out on tour. Excellent. Uh, Blaze is going out on tour. Right. Uh, we got a couple different tours going out. Oh man, where's it going? Where's it spanning? Where's it going across? Oh, it's mostly U.S. You know. Oh yeah. We're not. We're barred from Canada. You know. Why? What happened? Well, we can't get in because of our criminal record. Oh. You know, and and. Uh, and it's just uh, uh, it's a very stale thing in our life because we very badly want to come. You know what I mean? I know, man. I had tickets to see you when I was 15. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. You were supposed to come with Cold Chamber and Biohazard, and you never made it. Yeah, that's what sucks. I was a sad little juggalo. <laughs> Still kind of am. Damn. Well, well, we'll get there eventually, man. All right, man. You've quite possibly the most rav ravenous fan base of any act around. How did you do it? Oh, man. Um, first of all, it was never our, our plans or our intentions, you know? Right. Our, our intentions were to make it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Titles, but uh, we did, We never knew we'd have the coolest fan base in the world. Right. You know what I mean? That that, that happened uh, from uh, a lot of super good luck and magic, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was never in our plans. Like, we, before before it happened, we never planned on having the most awesome fan base in the, in the world. We were just fortunate enough that it happened that way. Yeah, yeah. Did you find that the whole business with Disney and all that and them pulling a record affected that? Yeah, sure. You know, everything everything affected it in some some way, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just being uh, outcast of the music industry. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, affected it every little bit, you know. Juggalos came aboard different times, different, different uh, you know, different times, yeah. different circumstances, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, well, would you, I mean, it's, it's arguable, but I, I would say that you were probably the biggest underground band in the world. I mean, you guys played Woodstock with virtually no video or radio play. Oh, that's awesome. That's the shit. Yeah, that is the shit. That's so fresh. <laughs> Man, yeah, that, that's a, that's a fresh-ass statement. That <laughs> you're the biggest underground band in the world? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, okay, well, outside of the Juggalo world, do you care how you're perceived? Are you affected by haters? Um, you know, sometimes, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, I, you know, it's easy to say, fuck them, we don't care, but sometimes it's stunning, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, sometimes when we do something that I think is so cool, yeah, yeah. and it gets so hated, yeah. that, it, that it really makes me, sometimes I question, like, man, yeah. you know, like, I thought that was cool, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and it turns out I was so wrong about it, you know what I mean? It's just amazing on that aspect, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's surprising, you well, know? I guess with the, the internet now, it's a double-edged sword because everybody gets a say and it's anonymous, but at the same time, because of that, anybody can kind of do their thing and have their art scene. Oh, yeah. It, it's a lot. You know, the internet, it, 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 it's bad for the strong and it's good for the weak. Right. You know what I mean? Because uh, everybody gets a say, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing, you know what I mean? It could be, you know, it could be the president typing something or, or a 13-year-old kid, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the words are just as big. Yeah. Just as uh, predominant, I guess. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest misconception about you or your fans? Well, things that I've heard over the years that, mm. that were racist. Right. Of course know, you're not. This, just yeah, asinine shit people say to try to hurt, you know, try to hurt us. Yeah. Um, and, and things like that, you know. Also, the biggest misconception is that we make $10 million a year. <laughs> <laughs> Huge 
misconception. Do you really want to fight that misconception? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, part of it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's cool that people believe that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's not a bad thing, you know, but it, in a sense, I feel like, uh, you know, like, I'm, like I say, who, who the fuck wouldn't be a wicked clown for 10 million years? You know what I mean? <laughs> the Coldplay like, guy would do it. If, if people knew how little money we make, I think people would be more, I don't know, I don't know what they'd be more of, but right. it, it just, you know, I mean, it's just, of course, anybody would, would paint their face and say what we say and do what we do for 10 million a year. Right, right. You know, and if they knew how little money, I think it would it would show that we have more passion for what we do, you know, because there yeah. is a 10 million a year, or even a tenth of that, you know. Do you think the reason that you, you don't make as much money as people think is because your productions are always so huge? Absolutely, because we push everything to the limit. Right. Everything, you know, if there's money, left over we spend it right you know what I mean even if it's something small like confetti guns yeah or, or uh, new costumes for the clowns you know yeah. each time there's extra money we put it to the product you know and that goes for other things that goes for our releases right that goes for like uh, the packaging and our CDs and all of that we we push everything to make it the best product as possible right you know so it, so it appeals the most to collectors right and, you know things like that you know what I mean we just push it to the max man I guess you got to do things like that to actually get people to buy CDs nowadays and make the packaging interesting. Yeah, you got to you got to put something in there that's not downloadable, you know? What like I mean? some 3D glasses with a bizarre bizarre release. Right, you know, what I mean something cool like that that makes uh, you know, more interesting to buy that CD, you know, cuz we come from a generation where CDs were the shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Popping that cellophane and smelling that <laughs> You know what I mean? That was awesome. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays People that are 20 years old were born and raised on downloading songs. You know what I mean? I know. They don't even know the concept of an album. Yeah, which is all okay. You know what I mean? I don't want to sound like an old man saying, oh, everything sucks today and it was better when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm not saying it's better. It's, of course, it's probably, a, a, the argument is it's better to be able to download a song, you know what I mean? Or an album. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, uh, we just try to make our CDs flavorful, you know, so that there's shit in there and hidden contents. And, right. You know, in a lot of, Fans like to read things like special thanks and stuff like that. Yeah. We always, we always try to have a lot of that and that and everything. Well, that's how, like, my generation, because I'm a little bit older than those kids that just download now, that's how I'd find new music and see what they thanked. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. Yeah. It tells a lot about the band, too. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But we still believe in that old school flavor of, of uh, that kind of stuff. Right. Well, who would you thank in a new record? Like, who would you give props to? Who do you want young kids to check out now? Man, our favorites are, are the, you know, sometimes, man, I I forget how much time has gone by. Like, some of these artists that we look up to are mad old. <laughs> like who? Like Paris. Yeah. Above the Law. Yeah. You know, N.W.A. Yeah. Uh, the Ghetto Boys. Scarface. These guys have been around since the early 90s, you know what I mean? Dude, do you remember the Judgment Night soundtrack? Fuck yeah. It was fucking all amazing. the bands mixed with uh, rap. Yeah, that was Yeah. Cool. It was Biohazard and on Pearl Jam. Um, yeah, yeah. Got has an onyx. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking Ice-T and Slayer. Yeah. That's <laughs> a shit right there. Ice-T, he, he participates in the gathering a couple years now, right? Yeah. Yep, he sure does. He's awesome. Yeah, man. We did a song with him, man. It's awesome. Did you? When? It's called Dead End. Okay. And it's it's about these guys in prison that are getting executed. Yeah. And each each rapper is a prisoner about to be executed. Oh, One okay. guy's about to be executed by a firing squad. <laughs> Another guy's executed by hanging. Another guy's executed, uh, what 
was the other one? I can't remember. <laughs> it was an awesome song, really cool song we did. We did it about 10 years ago. Oh, man, I don't know how I missed that one. I'm sorry. It's out there somewhere. Okay. All right, man. Back in 97, you released the track, What is a Juggle? What is a Juggalo? On your Great Malenko album. Right. Um, you define Juggalos in a lot of different ways. How would you define one today? Uh, same way, you know? Yeah. The only way you can really define a Juggalo is... Uh, uh, there is no real definition of a juggalo. That's what makes them so crazy, so amazing, you know, it's because they're not typical to each other. Right. Each one of them has a different background. Right. Everything. You know, we've met juggalos of all walks of life, and I mean that. You know, not even a majority of them are the same. I think, I believe, there is no real definition of a juggalo. The actual only solid thing that brings them all together is magic, man. That's right. But there's something in the lyrics, there's something in the music mm -hmm. that people pick up on some kind of some kind of radar or some kind of message, something in there right. that somebody hears and they just know whether or not it's for them, you know? Well, I think, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's, a, it's an amount of quality and you can tell that you put in the effort to make it something special, you know? Well, hey, that, that could be, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then also, you know, it might be the certain way we phrase something, yeah. a certain way we say something that, that make a curious, uneducated and stupid to some people but other people they they get what we're saying and yeah. they totally read what we're saying and they know that we wouldn't have said that unless we were something similar to them yeah I'm, I was going to say how I mean a lot of kids relate to, to bands in a diehard fashion which your fans are because they can relate to them like a lot of kids got down with Nirvana because they could they could you know identify with his lyrics whereas you guys tend to talk about you know the dark carnival and things like that so why do why do you think so many kids are so diehard? I think it's the other stuff. Yeah. I think it's it, I think it's uh, just just rapping about instead of having things, rapping about not having things. Right. You know? And I think I think our appreciate I think we appreciate things that uh, that n n real people appreciate. Not yeah. Superstar Hollywood style. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, like uh, just just in our lyrics, you know, rapping about everyday things and you know, like homies. Yeah, if, if we could explain it, you know, mm -hmm. if we could figure it out, I guess other people would be able to figure it out and they'd be doing the same thing. That's you know? right. Yeah. It's just really, I believe, and I really believe this, and I don't care if it sounds corny, I believe there's a lot of genuine, real magic behind it all, man, that, yeah. that, that, that uh, brings everybody together. Yeah, because if it was something that a college professor could easily pinpoint in one essay, this is why juggalos are, are who they are, and this is why they're attracted to the music. Yeah. I think other bands would apply the same thing, and they'd have the same thing going for them. It's true. If it's not a and everyone would do it. Yeah, if it was that easy to be figured out and, and explained, I think other people would be copying it and doing it. Right. But I don't think it can be explained. I think it's a lot of genuine uh, unknown to the whole thing. Right. I, I know it's definitely unknown to us. We don't have it pinpointed. Because <laughs> some of the things we release don't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of the things we put out don't catch on. And really? Yeah, oh, yeah, man. The fan base is so rabid. I thought they'd pick up everything. No, no, man. Some things we do totally has no effect. You know what I mean? People aren't into, you know? And then there's other bands that aren't psychopathic records related mm -hmm. that also have huge juggalo followings. Really? Yeah, like Oddmouth Kings, like Tech 9 you know? Yeah. For some reason, juggalos rally behind them. 
them, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and those guys are totally different from us. Mm -hmm. But there's something there in that music mm -hmm. that's drawing them to it, and I, I think that's the magic of it. How did, uh, how did Gallagher and Tom Green do on The Gathering of the Juggalos? Awesome. Yeah? Yeah. I'm so shocked to great. see that they were on there. Yeah, they both did great. That's the other thing, man. If we had Juggalos totally pegged, yeah. we'd put the lineup exactly what they want, but we sometimes we're wrong, man. Yeah. We didn't have a clue how Tom Green was getting <laughs> I knew his comedy was, was odd, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we didn't have a clue how that was going to work, man. He might have got it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he turned it out. He, he somehow went up there and aced it, oh. you know? And then we also thought Tequila, tequila would work. Here you got this chick who's obviously an internet sensation because she's hot or whatever. Yeah. And um, she's up there singing song. Her song was called I Want to Fuck the DJ. <laughs> and, and we just figured Juggalos would like that. We figured your juggalos would like seeing the hot chick up there singing about fucking the DJ or rapping about fucking the DJ. We just thought it would work, you know? Yeah. That's the thing, you know, we, we don't, you know, we also thought the Yin Yang twins would go over well, and they didn't go over at all. Yeah, they got song didn't work. And it's just like, yeah, it didn't work. And this is shit, that's what I'm saying. Every year we try to figure it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. We try to book a lineup we think is going to turn it out, and uh, sometimes one or two artists might get it, you know what I mean? Yeah. The shows, we don't have a clue what the fuck we're doing either, you know? Yeah, it's weird that Method Man and Red Man didn't work out. Well, it did work out. That's the thing. Yeah. They, it worked out one dickhead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. One asshole threw something and hit Meth in the face, man. Uh, one kid, you know, you can't let... He got so upset about it yeah. that it sounds like the show went bad, but in reality, yeah. despite the fact that they were up there addressing the crowd as Illinois, <laughs> and actually, they're from all over the place, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The fans are from everywhere at the gathering, not from Illinois, and they kept addressing Illinois, and I even talked to Meth about this, yeah. they appeared like they didn't know where they were or what they were playing. Really? Yeah, and they still got wrong. <laughs> I'm saying anybody else that goes up there and says Illinois and doesn't address the Juggalos as Juggalos once during the show, yeah. they would get it. Yeah. People had so much respect for Method Man and Red Man, yeah. that they were tolerating it all. And one asshole, man, one kid, mm -hmm. you know, threw something, hit meth in the face, uh, got a, a perfect shot, and hit him in the face, you know, but it wasn't like they, they got bombed off stage. One kid hit him, and then, that was even halfway through the show, they continued the show. Oh, that's good. Yeah, they finished it. Uh, and uh, they didn't they didn't know where they were. They didn't know what they were playing. They didn't know, they didn't, I don't know if they didn't know, they didn't care, yeah. but they didn't ask. But they didn't know, you know, and, and uh, Juggalos were so into them regardless yeah. that they let all that slide, man. Yeah. They, let, they let it slide that they were calling them Illinois and they, they never addressed them as Juggalos. So yeah. it's just that he got so mad about it that it made a lot of noise. Oh, I see. Man. I was going to say, I mean, the Gathering of the Juggalos is a huge festival every year. And uh, a lot of people know that it's big, but they don't really know what the crowd's going to be like. Do you think most artists that, that get invited know what they're in for? Thank you.
open to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe someday, you know, life's long, man, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, hopefully they'll come around one day and we can get a clown cola or something. You got, awesome. you got to get Barack Obama to become a juggler, I think. <laughs> yeah. He, he may, might be. Nobody may, knows. Who knows, man? He's a public enemy fan. That's the one thing about juggalos, man. You never know <laughs> who's a juggalo and where they are, you know what I'm saying? There's Hollywood directors that are juggalos. Like who? I don't know. You know, <laughs> but they've called us in that movie, Be Cool, the director of that movie. Everybody was in that movie. Shot to both of them. Yeah. That, that director called us and said he's a juggalo. Wow. He asked us to send a bunch of stuff. Sick. He did. He, he placed it in the movie. Really? Yeah, he placed a big cardboard cutout of me and Shaggy in the movie. Wow. He uh, placed a, a bunch of our albums, like covers on the background and the walls and everything. That's awesome. You know? And then there's another movie coming out, mm-hmm. a Ben Stiller movie, which isn't out yet, but the, the main character in it is wearing an ICP t-shirt. Oh. Same, same story. The, the director told us he was a juggalo. Wow. So you never know. And then, like, sometimes in sitcoms and stuff, they might mention the name. Mm-hmm. It's happened before, like, in, in probably four or five different sitcoms uh, where the writers would be juggalos and, and throw, our, throw our name in there or something. You know what I mean? You never yeah. know, man. It's like a secret society. <laughs> what is the, uh, the strangest thing a fan has ever given to you? Given to me? Oh, man. Some crazy shit. <laughs> Like some pretty morbid shit? Yeah, like a, one time a satanic Bible. Okay. Some kind of weird satanic Bible. I was like, man, I don't want that. I ain't signing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, 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 just weird things. You yeah. Know, people somehow get the idea that you're into something crazy. Right. But uh, nothing comes to mind that, that really stands out right. that I can think of. Okay. You've helped a lot of rappers who were once quite famous find fame again by the gathering, such as Coolio and Spice One and Tone Loke. How come you're helping resurrect their careers? Are you just fans of those artists? Because I don't believe in fads, and I don't believe in styles. Right. We, we, we really don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. We believe that if somebody was fresh once, they're fresh That's right. forever. You know what I'm saying? We're just because they're not the coolest thing of the month, mm-hmm. that's what what pop radio and the pop world does. We don't look at it like that. To us, if somebody somebody put it down one time and had had a a bomb-ass record, that's still their record forever. And we believe that, you know what I mean? And and, uh, I don't know, it's just uh, something sweet about, I don't know, man, it's just, I, I, first of all, thank you for saying that, yeah. for for noticing that. Of course, because, uh, we try to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and we do that also with wrestlers. You know? Yeah, a, a lot of wrestlers who who maybe have had their best day, we'll bring them back and school it. You know? Yeah. But uh, that's just because we believe in we believe in the underdogs, man. Yeah. And sometimes when somebody's been on top of the world, and then they and then there's nowhere else to go but down. Yeah. Other people just ignore them and laugh at them, and even though it was them. Mm-hmm. Buying all that shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like Vanilla Ice, for example. It's funny how the world laughs at Vanilla Ice, but it was the world that was buying all that. Exactly. Shit. You know, and now they laugh at him. They need to be laughing at themselves. You know? He has a Juggalo fan base, doesn't he? Hell yeah, he does. Yeah. I think 
it's because because they know what he's done and where he's been and and, uh, and how he was played and how everybody laughs at him now, uh, even though it was the same people that put him up on that pedestal. You know right. what I mean? So anyway, yeah, it's just, you know, for us, there's no fads. There's no time limits on somebody's success or popularity. We just, we just keep it cool. And besides, man, what's liver than when you got, you know, I don't know how many people are at any given stage, but let's say you got 4,000 juggalos mm-hmm. at the second stage at 4 in the morning, and all of a sudden, you know, Tone Low comes out and does this shit. Believe me, it's hype. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just as hype as, as having today's hit there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's exciting to see them up there doing that shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's really them, and it's just fun, man. I think people won't like them when they're, when they're current, but right. when they become the underdog, then juggalos, I think, are more likely to accept them you know what I mean yeah yeah do you pay much attention to popular culture like what's what's what videos and singles are big right now I try to mm-hmm. I try to what do you think of the state of hip hop right now uh, do you think it's worse or better than it's been I think it, you know, with the, with the risk of sounding like an old man again, mm-hmm. I, I think it was better back in the day because there was so much more variety. Yeah, you, you know, like you had oh, variety was a thing back in the day, man. And, and today, it's like everybody seems to be on a more similar page, you know. Yeah. But there's some definite dope shit, man. It's like some of the sometimes the guy can one song you could hear and you can understand why he's famous because he's got so much swagger and, and yeah. so much flavor behind the delivery, you know, but uh, I don't find it as as versatile as it once was. I think it's all sort of on the same page now, and people are really scared to be different, man. Totally, there's way less experimentation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you think, like, grave diggers would happen nowadays? It doesn't seem like it would, really. Although, it, maybe it would on Psychopathic, it could. though, eh? it, Yeah, it could. It could happen again. You know what I mean? If people could get tired of what's going on and start really stepping in out of, out of the boundaries, you know what I'm saying? I think it could happen. Right. But, you know, our perception of, of what the mainstream is is mm. definitely warped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't have a clue, you know, because everything we try <laughs> looks at so different, you know. I don't know, you know. But there's some definite dope shit out there. Like, I'm not just hating on all everything that's coming out no, no. today. Some of it I really like, you know. Yeah. But, like, like the MTV Music Awards, you know, mm-hmm. like when, when Taylor Swift was singing that song to Kanye West, mm-hmm. like, that was just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was so fucking dumb. I felt like throwing up, man. <laughs> she, she wrote a fucking song and is saying it to him because he ran on stage during her award acceptance. Like, that's the lamest shit I ever fucking seen in my life, man. Yeah. Oh, we're all subject to sit there and watch that, you know, her singing a song to Kanye. It was so stupid. Like, that was some traumatic, horrible thing that happened in her life. It was like she was molested. I'm sure he ran up there drunk during her award. Oh, it must have been so traumatizing. For her, you know, a year later we all have to sit and listen to her sing a song to a grown ass man about how he's still acceptable. You know, he's still okay. He's one of the innocents. You know, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck MTV for putting this on. Fuck everybody involved for us sitting here having to watch this bullshit as they take nothing to try to make it something. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Pathetic, man. That's because they don't know what to do. It's it looked staged. I thought it was so sad, sappy to me. I just like, oh, God. 
you know, there's so many other artists that could have took that slot, you know what I mean? I know. And, and brought the house down, but instead we sit and listen to that, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the shit that I'm, that I'm like, you know, one minute I'm like, okay, you know, I can dig it. Yeah. The next minute I feel like puking, man, and that's the shit that makes me puke, man. <laughs> what, what kind of music do your kids like? They like kids' pop. <laughs> oh, yeah. The covers? The cover yeah, songs? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, that's my way of staying with what's current. Because <laughs> they're on, like, kids' pop 18 now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they, they take all the singles from, like, six months earlier. Yeah. And they, they redo them, so, you know. And, and you know, and some stuff I think is just fresh. Like, I like Beyonce. Yeah, man. And, and, uh, and some stuff I just think is awesome, you know. Even though it's mainstream, I'm not against it. I used to bump the Spice Girls. Yeah, man. So, you know, I'm not against everything. <laughs> you know, we're not, like, totally, like, fuck everything on the radio, you know? But fuck but, the like, world. Yeah, you know, and because of shit like that Taylor Swift, that's the type of shit that sucks. Oh, right, right. I was, um, I was listening to some old episodes of you on Loveline. Yeah. It's great, man. You're so funny on there. Yeah, we have fun on there, man. But you were talking about how you used to suffer from some pretty severe panic attacks. Yeah. Does that still happen? Yeah. That's rough, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, the biggest nightmare of my life. Yeah, because that first one that you have, you don't know what's going on. Right, I didn't know what was going on for a while, man. Even even when you're in the doctor's office and, and, you, and you're feeling so good because she's explaining what it is and how it's not how abnormal. It's, yeah, yeah, and it's a medical condition that can be treated. Right. So you feel like, okay, I can beat this. I can beat this. The minute one starts happening, all that shit goes out the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're, you're back to where you were that first day. Right. Because fear is fear, man. Mm -hmm. And when your brain unleashes that chemical, into your body that fear yeah. I don't care what you've learned in panic attack school <laughs> yeah. once, once you're feeling fear mm -hmm. everything sucks yeah, you know yeah. what I mean yeah. and, and that's that's for every, you can feel totally sure of yourself and that you're going to be able to not ha you're going to be able to defeat this but the minute that shit starts happening and you can't breathe mm -hmm. it's, it's just you again yeah. everybody else looking at you like what are you tripping about you know yeah uh, just yeah they can't relate because they don't even know. I wouldn't wish that shit, and I mean this, I wouldn't wish that shit on my worst enemy, man. Yeah. On, um, my next question is, and this is a little bit of a, a, a direction change, but who is the toughest foe you ever faced in the wrestling ring? Oh, man. Shaggy <laughs> one time got an ass beat by this team called the Headbangers. I remember them. Didn't they? They're like kind of gothy, kind of like. Yes, uh, like uh, ball heads and. Yeah. Like, and they wore like, I think they wore kilts or something. I thought you were teamed up with them at one point. We were. See, we did this deal where we were on the other team. And they yeah. were going, we were with the oddities and they were going against the headbangers. Yeah. We kept telling WWF, we were like, we want to be bad guys, you know. Yeah. And so they did a deal where first we were against the headbangers, then we then we sold out our team and joined the headbangers. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, we were telling, we were backstage telling everybody, oh, we're wrestlers, we can handle it, you know, just put us in the ring with them, just put us in the ring with them, we got it, you know. Yeah. So this one day in Lansing, Michigan, they said, all right, we're going to do this deal where the headbangers call you guys to the ring, and you guys run out there, and then they beat your ass. <laughs> and we were like, all right, cool, you know, and we had been wrestlers. We were wrestlers. Yeah, before you were rappers, right? Yeah, yeah. So we figured no big deal mm -hmm. man they beat <laughs> the shit out of us man they beat the 
shit out of us. I mean, a suplex, a body slam, a fucking body slam never hurt so bad in my life. Wow. And they fucking wrapped those chairs around our heads, man. <laughs> I mean, they beat the shit out of us, man. So the next week, we were supposed to do this deal where, where we're, we're running to the ring and they jump out of the ring and they meet us in the ramp and we kind of fight back to the back. Right. It was supposed to be like 50-50. We get some licks in, they get some licks in. Mm -hmm. But when we ran out there, they were kicking our ass for real again, you know? So we started fighting back for real. Uh-oh. And we were fighting, you know? We were fighting, man. We were, everything we had, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we're, we're in the backstage area and me and Shaggy are looking at each other like, holy shit, you know? We got into a real fight, you know? Yeah. And uh, the, the head hunters come back in and how was that, guys? And we're like, cool, man. <laughs> so we, we were really like, fuck y'all, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty wild. But uh, that, that was the worst we ever got beat up. Yeah. Wow, man. In the ring, yeah. So Those guys aren't no big stars or no big, you know, I wish we had, like, oh, it's the Road Warriors or something. Yeah. It was, it was them. They beat our ass. Did you see the movie The Wrestler? Hell yeah. That's awesome. We, we went and saw it with Scott Hall. Really? Yeah. What do you with, think? With, with Razor Ramon. He was just like, I don't know, man. After the movie, he was just real quiet. Because <laughs> he was hit like, home. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it hit home, and he was just thinking about his life or something else. But it was, he was real, he, he's a real talkative, funny, fun guy. Really? But but after we saw that, he was quiet all the way home, man. Man, did you know that Mickey Rourke did the movie for free because they had no budget, really? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and he really he really took, like, the fucking staples in his chest and the, the cuts and everything. It was all real. Well, he did a good job because, you know what, that was a smart move on his behalf because uh, look what it did for his career. I know, man. Fuck, man. So it's actually smart to do that movie for no money. Yeah. Um, okay, I just wanted to ask about Big Money Rustlers, because that's, that's just come out in August, right? Yeah. So you released Big Money Hustlers in 2000, and then on that episode of Love Line I was telling you about, you were saying that you guys had already done a script for, for the sequel, but it took 10 years. How come it took so long? Well, because, you know, when we did that first one, we were with Island Def Jam at the time, right? and uh, they didn't really know how to promote us, and we were selling like crazy, but they didn't know, you know, videos weren't getting any play anywhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they didn't really know what to do, so we suggested a movie back then. Right. And that's how we did it. You know, we did it with their help. We did it with their money. Really? Yeah. And, and uh, when we did it again, we knew, or when it came time to do another one, we knew that we wanted to make it better than the first one. Right. You know, we had to step it up production-wise and, and everything, you know? Yeah. So uh, it took that long for us to build our company up to the point where we could do that. Right, We right. could spend all that money on a movie, and, uh, and, and, and we had the know-how, and we knew the directors and the people and everything. And, and it just, you know, it took a while to actually be able to afford it, man. That's yeah. what it was. We just had to wait till we had the money that we could do that because, you know, that's just expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you, you always manage to get interesting guests into your films. Like this time it's Jason Mewes and Ron Jeremy, and last time it was like The Misfits and uh, and Harlan Williams. What's that process like? Are they usually typically friends of yours already? 
No, no, we just kind of, um, it's just sees, see who knows who and how much money people want. We just go after them, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, just thinking, coming up with Ron Jeremy, you know, that would be funny. He seems like somebody that would be in our budget, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and just trying to get cameos in there. And then, and then when they show up, it's usually the first time we ever met them, you know what I mean? Right. But, uh, it's always interesting to see a familiar face, even if it's only for 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And that was our thinking, you know? We didn't have a lot of money to get big names in there. Right. But, uh, but, um, you know, any interesting, any, any familiar face is always cool, you know? Right. And then if we, if we make friends with them, later on they can come to the gathering and all that, and all the juggalos can meet them and everything, so that's fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was our thinking, you know? So we got a lot of little cameos, and what was fun was during the shooting of it, it seemed like every day somebody would be there. Yeah. You know, one day, J.J. Walker's there, you know? Yeah. And, and Jimmy Walker, and, and we're hanging out with him all day, and the next day, you know, Todd Bridges is <laughs> hanging out with him all day, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's what made this, this shoot really cool, was all the different people coming in for a day. Right. Yeah. How do you think um, Juggalo culture will uh, be represented in, in the history books? Do you think it'll be it'll be around for a long time and, and kind of like be next to grunge and all that kind of thing? Um, I don't really know. I know it'll be around for a long time. That I know. Mm-hmm. It'll be around forever. Uh, I don't know if it'll get any bigger right. than this or anything like that. Uh, I think it'll it'll uh, you know. I don't know, man. That's the that's another thing that waits to be seen. Right. Look, look at all the stuff that's happened in the last two years. Yeah. You know, all the exposure and all the uh, exciting things that are going on with the juggle world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's that's pretty fucking exciting. Yeah. There's really no telling of where it's gonna go or or. or how, how many people are going to know what the word juggalo is right. in the future. So, yeah, I think that's a mystery. Yeah. Just know that it'll, it'll, it'll be around forever. But it may grow to become a household word, you know? It seems like it's gotten bigger now than it ever has. I mean, the, the gathering should be a in, good indication. I mean, it's been around for, what, 11 years now? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. It's a four-day festival. For... And, you know, you go to the gathering, or you, this is the interesting thing, you, you go to the gathering or you, or you go to any of the concerts, and it feels like... Like it seems like most of the people in the crowd are like from from 17 to 25. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's always been like that. Mm-hmm. So you know we stay the same age, but the juggalos are always young. You know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's like that's cool because even the people that are brand new juggalos today, they're gonna grow up and have those memories. Right. And, and juggalos, some juggalos end up landing in important positions. Right. Like look at you. You're a writer. You said yourself you were a juggalo, yep. you know, and now here you are doing a story about ICP. That's right. That's that's awesome. I know, man. I never knew it would happen. Yeah, and juggalos, there are juggalos one day just on the streets growing up. They land in these positions of power, and, you know, that's why I say it's going to last forever because even if somebody outgrows it, yeah. it's still they had those two or three or maybe four years yeah. where, where they had a good time being a juggalo, and that's all that matters to us, you know, right. is that they have a good time and, and, they, and they rack up some good memories yeah. man. and, and, and uh, so there's no telling what the future holds man there really is no telling right alright man well I got one last question for you okay there's been uh, apparently on, on your latest on the, on the gathering and on your latest tour there's been guys 
traveling scientists traveling around outside your shows explaining how magnets work. What do you think yeah. of that? I think that's fucked up. And listen, if it wasn't illegal, mm -hmm. I'd straight up beat their ass. <laughs> yeah. No, straight up. Even if it is illegal, I don't care about that, but I don't want to go to jail. Right. But I'd straight up beat their ass. Fuck it. Who are they fucking with? What is that? That's supposed to be funny? I know. You know what does that mean? We know how the fuck magnets work. Like, what is that? What are you doing out there insulting our fans for like that? You yeah. know what I mean? That's like cause to get beat, man. Which, and, and it's like not a good bunch of people to be fucking with, really. What, are they, what does that mean, man? And the, the song is so innocent, too. Yeah. The song is so innocent. What it's saying is just to appreciate everyday things in our life, man, that, that sometimes get lost in the shuffle. You don't, you don't stop to smell the roses, you know? Right. Like, look at some of these things that we get to see every day, these amazing miracles, man. Yeah. And not the kind of miracles that are religious miracles, but just miracles, like how many grains of sand are on a beach, you know? Right. All that shit. And, and the song is so innocent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and uh, the song is, is by Juggalos for Juggalos. Right. We, you know, it, 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 that's why it's soft. You know, sometimes when we're talking to Juggalos, yeah. it's like talking to your best friend. You know, not, not everything you say is going to be violent and wicked. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you've done soft songs before. Our whole career. Yeah. And so when people are out there, like, teaching Juggalos how magnets work, man, that's cause to get stomped, man. Yeah. Like, seriously, man. And I fucking handle that somehow. That's right. I'm a fucking, I don't know what I'll do, but you know what? Fuck that. Yeah. That's straight up really pushing it, man. Like, I'd rather see somebody out there with a cross trying to get people to find God, you know what I mean? Have you experienced that? Oh, yeah. That doesn't bother me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But somebody, like, straight picking on Juggalos, it's like, man, you know what I mean? Yeah. How do the Juggalos respond to it? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I know if I was a Juggalo, I'd probably smack them, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I, I've never been out there, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, I just heard they were out there, you know? That's right. And, uh, you know, if I were Juggalos, I'd handle that. That's right. Because that's, like, real disrespectful, man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for talking to me. Hey, thank you, brother. I got to say, man, it's a relief that you're such a fucking cool guy, too. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, uh... Did you want to talk to Shaggy, or do you got a... Shaggy there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll say hi to Shaggy. Okay, here he is, brother. All right. Again, man. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Hello? Shaggy. Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Real good, man. Dude, I'm really sorry. I didn't know you were there. I talked to Jay for like 40 minutes. Oh, that's all good, man. We were just doing our thing up here anyway, so it's uh, all good. Okay, you weren't waiting around? Nah. Cool. You guys were just shooting something? Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're shooting uh, some shit for the internet. Oh, cool. Like yeah. to promote some new releases. Yeah, just, uh, we, we always do this shit, you know, it changes up and whatnot. You know, we put out called the Weekly Freakly Weekly and switched up from like, you know what I'm saying, me and Jay, like, like doing, like, sit-down news, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, different people doing it, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, you know, a new new uh, episode of that. Right, right. I'll ask, I'll ask you a couple of the questions that I asked Jay. I asked him um, what he thinks of the state of hip-hop today. What do you think of the state of hip-hop today? Um, it, it, man, I don't know, man. It's... Do you think it's worse or better than it was? 
Well, I, I think it's better. It's making more noise than it used to back in the day. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's so mainstream and pop now. Yeah. And a lot of this shit is, I mean, like the way I look at it, you know, is pop music pop music. Whether it's country, whether it's R&B, whether it's rap, whether it's rock. You know what I'm saying? Right. Pop is pop. That's it. You know what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. you put it on the radio and you hear, even if you don't like this song, you hear it so many times a day, you know the motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That, that's like pop music to me, you know? Yeah. And, and I I think it's actually cool that somehow, you know, rap has made it so far that it's just considered normal pop music. It's true, it's really infiltrated just American culture at this point. Oh, no doubt, you know what I'm saying? I mean, everybody back in the day was like, oh, it ain't gonna last, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, well, obviously, it is, it's transformed a lot, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But, you know, and, and I like some of the shit going on now, you know, like, like, I like, like, Rick Ross, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He used to be a prison guard, whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, if, if you're a pop music star, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like, who gives a shit what you did? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I like, and then there's this other guy, J. Cole, I think is a shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll be listening to the radio, and I have to turn it off sometimes because, you know what I'm saying, some shit I just don't like, and I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck? And I'll be listening to that, a certain song, come on, I'll switch the station. Yeah. That same fucking songs on that station, before I just hit the off button. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what do you think of auto-tune? I, I don't give a fuck, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I used to think like anybody could do auto-tune and make it sound sweet, but that's really not true, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, you still gotta have some skill behind it. Yeah, I think yeah. Keith Payne's a good example of that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He would sound good without it, you know what I'm saying? He just blew it up. But like, you know, back in the day, rap rap was a lot different. I think I liked it back in the day more. Yeah. And just because like, you could hear something and know where somebody was from. Right, yeah. You would hear something like Public Enemy or like- you knew it was East Coast. You'd be like, that's a New York motherfucker all day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As opposed, you know, you hear some like like West Coast shit where it's just like, you know, just thicker bass lines, not so much about the drums, but the bass lines and the right. keyboards and shit. Be like, oh, that's a, that's some that's some straight up West Coast shit. Or you know, you hear just some heavy eight oh eight type shit with mad snares and hi hats going mm-hmm. off, you know, so you know that's some down south booty shit. You that's know? right. Yeah. You know, and, and nowadays it's like everybody works with each other so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That unless they're they're like in, in weapon water from, you know what I'm saying, you really wouldn't have a clue, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah. about that J. Cole guy, I I know Jay-Z put him on, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and I had no idea he was from uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, does you know it? Yeah. Exactly, so it just goes to show, I figured that that's due to the internet in a large part too, you know, because, I mean, anybody can make a song now and throw it up on the internet, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, and, and it's just like back in the day, you would have to like, you know, you, you would like get into somebody as a, and know about like where they're from because they were repping so hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Chuck D was saying that, um, I mean, I don't know if this applies now because of what you're saying is true, but he was saying that back in the day you could you could kind of tell where someone was from because if they're from a really scary part of town, it actually had pretty relaxed sounding music and all the angry music was coming out of the suburbs. Would you agree with that? Not really. Not at all. <laughs> I said no. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Well, then again, I was about to say, you know, NWA was pretty fucking angry. That's true. Compton, but if you really look at it, Compton is a suburb of L.A. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think maybe he meant like the G-Funk shit. You know what I mean? It's pretty it's pretty relaxed. Yeah, the beats were more laid back, but what they're saying wasn't. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Talking about shooting motherfuckers or smoking weed, shit like that. <laughs> you know, that's not too relaxed. You know what I'm saying? Why yeah. smoking weed is, but <laughs> what do I, I don't smoke weed, no. You, know you don't smoke weed? Uh-uh. No, I never got into this shit. Never, ever? No. Just when I was a kid, I did a few times, you know, so just not, not my thing. I don't like being hot from weed, you know. Just fango. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate talking to you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time. No doubt, man. You take it easy, man. All right. You have a good day. All right, man. I'll see you. And that's it, man. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Insane Clown Posse from nine years ago or whenever that was. And uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking with me all this time. Thank you to the people who told me that they missed this podcast. And this goes out to you guys. Okay? All right? Forgive me. Have I done enough to... uh, Make this nothing but water under the bridge, my absence. I'm back. I will talk to you soon.